My name is Jonathan Mendoza. I'm a chiropractor nurse practitioner. And I love talking about hormones. I find it fascinating that as a guy, I uh, talk about estrogens all the time. But you'll be fascinated to know that estrogens are not just a sex hormone. Next slide, please. With the Boston Heart, we can measure more than one estrogen. And you can measure two of them called estradiol and esterone. Estradiol is E2 and esterone is E1. Now, in a healthy individual, you, regardless of whether it's a female or a, uh, or a male, that person will make estrogen and they will make estradiol and estrone. In fact, over the course of a lifetime, a woman will probably make up to seven different estrogens and a male may be up to that amount too, but really three or four of them are only functioning. But estradiol is the main one we think of when it comes to sex hormone, but esterone is a hormone that you can measure on Boston Heart. And what we've learned is it's kind of a catch-22. You do need some estrone in your body. And the reason why I think it's on the Boston Heart panel is because it, it main, maintains integrity of the endothelial lining inside of the arteries. Uh, it, it, you need some estrone, but in an overabundance, you worry about the integrity of that lining, hence you know, things like atherosclerosis and coronary artery disease. So uh, you could probably make the guess that high amounts of estrone is found in coronary artery disease. But I look at when it comes to women, if they have a high amount of estrone, you know, that might be a link to, you know, say clotting issues and clotting factors. But estrone is inflammatory estrogen. That's how I have to look at it, because estrone is typically found in a woman when they're in menopause. And it just happens to be that if you look at most women who are in menopause, they usually complain about being inflamed all the time and they're bloated. And you know, there's a connection between estrone and inflammation because estrone, the other hormone that we can test, is actually being produced from fat cells. It's also being produced from uh, adrenal glands, but mainly from fat cells. And what's really fascinating about it is that estrone, if it's produced in high amounts, whether they're a female or a male, that person has a beer belly. You can just think about it. They're overweight, they're inflamed, uh, and it's usually around their midsection because all that visceral fat is now white adipose tissue. And white adipose tissue, uh, if, if we didn't know this by now, uh, adipose tissue is an organ that makes hormones. So we have to look at estrogen balance as a really important thing in an individual, not just a female, because if there's an overproduction of estrone coming from adipose tissues that are, are really fat and inflamed, uh, then you have a suppression of estradiol. Think of it right here. There's a healthy to an inflamed ratio. Higher estradiol over estrone is a healthy individual. An inflamed person has uh, E1 over E2. Next slide, please. So if you think about how hormones affect one another, there has to be a balance. It's not hormone replacement therapy. It's hormone balance therapy. If I give you estrogen as a female, how do I know which estrogen it's going to be converted into what's inside of you? Now, if you think about a balance, think about how it affects other hormones, not only just the estrogens we just mentioned, but estrogen will directly affect testosterone. We know this. Um, if you look at men, for example, if a man has low testosterone, I'm going to picture this person, this man, as an overweight, inflamed individual who has probably seen their better days, you know, just jokingly. But they have a, you can tell their waist circumference. 
and the inflammation of their white adipose tissue. And you imagine that they're overproducing estrone, which at this point, you now know to the Boston Heart uh, example, atherosclerosis and coronary artery disease is being increased because of an overproduction of estrone. But then think about that as a man. If I'm producing a high amount of estrone from inflamed fat cells and I'm overweight, you know my testosterone is low. You know it is, especially for all those people who've used uh, testosterone uh, ordering throughout the years. You've seen a trend. There's a menopause, right? Well, menopause is the same thing in women. Menopause is the same thing in men. You have a suppression of the sex hormone that you need in order to function. And what's interesting about it is it's really coming from stress. Stress is inevitable. You cannot get rid of stress. People can laugh and say, I can get rid of stress. No, no, you, you cannot. Stress is inevitable. You respond better. But what happens is when we don't respond and we react to stress, what happens is our adrenal glands go into over, overproduction. And you know this as adrenal burnout over 20, 30 years. But the adrenals produce stress hormones as well. They produce cortisol and norepinephrine, right? And they also produce this in times of sympathetic response. So imagine going back to the stress again. If I'm in chronic stress, I'm chronically firing my adrenal glands, which means I'm in chronic sympathetic mode, which means I'm producing sympathetic hormones and neurotransmitters. And we know about the HPA access. But then there's a feedback system. There's a whole nother side to this. Esterone, if it's coming from fat cells that are inflamed, you have a really bad thing about to happen with this individual, regardless of they're a man or female. Think about it. You can't tell me right now that metabolic dysfunction is not something you don't commonly see in any of your practices. I mean, one in three people walk around pre-diabetic in this country, so you and I see this. And what we're looking at is we look at metabolic disorder as you know, only involving insulin and, and uh, hyperlipidemia. No, metabolic disorder is high production of esterone in the individual that's suppressing the sex hormone they need, which is either testosterone in a man or estradiol in a female. And we say, well, they have a beer belly. It's just all the beer they're consuming. I'm like, yeah, but what's going on is that beer is inflaming their fat cells and it's causing an overproduction of inflammatory hormones and like estrone. And you could easily make the direct link to an overproduction of estrone causing inflammation in the arteries leading to things like heart uh, disease. Next slide, please. Now, what's also interesting about estrogen, estradiol E2 regulates insulin. And it's really fascinating because think about this for a female in menopause. If a woman goes into their 40s, we've been taught in school years ago, at least I was, that you know, 40s to 50s when menopause kind of starts creeping in for women. Well, that's not the case at all, actually. I've seen practice as early as in their 30s. It's very common nowadays, actually. You see a female who goes into menopause in a, in a very earlier stage because of, of stress. Their body cannot respond to stress as well. So estradiol production goes down. Esterone production goes up. We, we, we talked about this, right? So then if estradiol regulates insulin and the woman's making estrone predominantly in menopause, a menopausal woman essentially becomes more risk for insulin you know, resistance by default. It makes sense, right? Because uh, show me a woman with insulin resistance and show me their midsection. Show me what their visual fat looks like. We know it's going to be white. We know it's going to be inflamed. So now we have a woman who is inflamed uh, around their midsection, who has a high production of estrone, a low production of estradiol, 
and maybe not only having insulin resistance, but also has cardiac risk because of the estrone and its connection to the integrity of the arteries. And you see this person coming in with metabolic dysfunction. And what's fascinating is now we finally got to the insulin part. I can tell you right now, insulin resistance is an entire body dysfunction. It is not just one organ. What we just realized now because of estrone and, and the ability to order it over these years, if I see estrone high in an individual, I think they have inflamed fat cells, which means they are at risk for any type of disease. You call it cancer. You call it heart disease. You call it diabetes, you call it liver disease, you call it kidney disease. If you have insulin resistance, you have to remind yourself that insulin receptors are found throughout the entire body. There is a high amount of insulin receptors on the ovaries. And I could make the case that when you have insulin resistance of the ovaries, you have PCOS, which is what? The inability for that woman to make estradiol. They have a cyst around their ovary, and what happens around their period you know, especially in a cycle that they have painful periods. Their, their ovaries are trying to release estradiol, but there's a sack of fluid around their ovaries that's built up from inflammation from insulin resistance occurring around the ovaries. And you go back to metabolic dysfunction again. This is what this person looks like. They are overweight, inflamed, and they're tired all the time, and they can't lose weight, and they probably have digestive issues, and their skin's bad. And you know what? They're also a pre-diabetic, and they have heart disease risk, and you know, Alzheimer's and cognitive decline is creep around the corner. This is all the problem when a woman goes into menopause, and the crazy thing is we're going to give hormone replacement like estrogen and just act like all that stuff's going to go back into place. If you give estradiol, you'll help regulate insulin better, and that's going to be a good start. So I'd make the case that estradiol replacement therapy and a person, uh, especially a woman who has insulin resistance, could be a good thing. And there's actually plenty of research that proves so as well. But once again, you have to give the right kind of estrogen. You have to get compounded estrogen. We can talk about that later. Next slide, please. But here's what I really want you all to take away from this. The Boston Heart Test has helped our practice understand a connection between estrogen and breast cancer. And it directly involves the MTHFR gene. There's a genetic panel that most of you have ordered for your, your I call them clients. Um, but if you think about the MTHFR gene, it's a methylation gene. We've learned that throughout the years. We understand that methylated folic acid, otherwise known as 5-MTHF, is what we really want in a supplement form in order to activate the methylation cycle because a mutated MTHFR gene can be uh, an epigenetic issue that leads to all kinds of health disorders in the body. I've learned that a mutated NTHFR gene, which we can test for in the Boston Heart Test, you love those beautiful colors, right? Green, yellow, red. Mine's red, just FYI. So the MTHFR gene being completely off on me means that my liver is compromised. The MTHFR gene occurs predominantly in the liver. It's the phase one of two phases of liver detoxification that involves epigenetics. The MTHFR gene uses the methyl B9, the methyl B12, the methyl B6, known as P5P, and other methyl donors, and it helps activate phase one of liver detoxification that eventually dumps out the overproduction of inflammatory estrogen known as esterone E1. 
when a woman has an overproduction of estrone coming from inflamed fat cells and burnt out adrenal glands, the MTHFR gene in the liver, if it is compromised and mutated as bad as mine is, then you have the inability to remove that estrone from the body through the detoxification pathways. And what happens is you have an overabundance of estrone building up in the body and it attacks the same cells that's coming from. In women, it attacks their breast tissue because breast tissue, AKA adipose tissue, used to be brown in a healthy individual. But in breast tissue that has cancer in it, it's white inflamed fat cells that's producing high amounts of estrone. And a compromised MTHFR gene means that that woman has the inability to dump out inflammatory estrogen circulating through her body. The reason why this is all going back to the liver is because if you have a person who has a compromised liver, their detoxification pathways are compromised. The liver makes the two, two of the most powerful antioxidants you will ever make in your body called N-acetylcysteine and glutathione. They are directly involved from the production of using the MHHFR gene and the B9 vitamins and the B12 vitamins. B9, B12, and the MHHFR gene are used in a cycle to make antioxidants known as N-acetylcysteine and glutathione. My theory is that a breast cancer patient has a compromised NTHFR gene, which leads to an overproduction of estrone in the body, and they can't dump it out, which basically that estrone turns on their breast tissue. And the reason I believe this is because if you think about chemotherapy, women who go and get um, radiation or chemotherapy, doesn't matter which one, afterwards are given um, an aromatase inhibitor, correct? Well, what's the aromatase inhibitors doing? They're estrogen blockers. My question to any oncologist is which estrogen are you blocking in the body when you're giving tamoxifen or an astrostol? I didn't get to ask this question before to an oncologist. So if there's anyone on here, please, I would love to know, but I, my guess is estrone. And so if that's the case, think about what a natural aromatase inhibitor is really doing. It's an estrogen dumper. It's a liver detoxifier. Your liver is everything. And if your liver is compromised, then I almost, I would look, go back and look at that woman's labs and say, hey, you know, let's go look at their liver and see how unhealthy it is. But the problem is, is this. There's a liver test that you need to look at on the, on the Boston test. It's called GGT. You need to look at another marker that I think is also related to liver. It's called homocysteine. Those two markers are going to tell you really how healthy the liver is. And I'm telling you right now, if the liver is unhealthy, there's too much estrogen building up on that body. Maybe it's a man. And if it's too much estrogen and not enough testosterone, could you not say that a compromised liver is involved in that too, especially with lifestyle and you know, the inability to make glutathione antioxidants. And, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. A person who cannot detoxify cannot get rid of horrible toxins. And we know toxins and free radicals like esterones production of, uh, can lead to things like inflammation directly on cells. And that's what's interesting. The methylation cycle helps detoxify all that. So it's fascinating when we talk about oncology, because when I first looked at oncology, I looked at breast cancer and methylation. Methylation is DNA repair. Breast cancer will damage, is damaged cells. Methylation repairs damaged cells. Thank you all for joining 
today, and we hope to see you back at our next Doc Talk. Thank you, Peggy. <laughs>